0: What's going on, man? Appreciate you taking the time. It's great to chat once again.
2: Man, it's it's great to be on, on this side of the show. You've been on Stadium, <laughs> Miguel, a number of times, so it's exciting to talk to you, my friend.
0: Yeah, glad to have you on, man, for sure. And let's start with this, Dan. It was an interesting season for Florida. Now the attention, of course, has turned to the offseason. Can you explain to me what an executive head coach to the defensive coordinator is and the staff changes or moves that Billy Napier has made, I don't think there's still no offensive coordinator. There's still two O-line coaches. There may or may not still be no special teams coach. Your thoughts on what's going on right now behind the scenes with the coaching staff side of things with Billy Napier's group?
2: Yeah, I know a lot of fans want an offensive coordinator. They want a special teams change. They want a defensive changes, right? Uh, I actually tweeted this the other day. It doesn't seem like whatever Billy Napier does is enough – to satiate what Gator fans want. And maybe that's w- warranted and justified. Maybe some of it's not. Um, what does the executive head coach of defense do? I think it's just a way to be able to pay somebody more money. More than anything, that that's what I think it is. I, think, I still think Austin Armstrong uh, is going to be the one calling plays with help of Ron Roberts. Austin Armstrong learned from Ron Roberts uh, together. So I, I think that the collective of them will hopefully – make the Gators defense a little bit stronger than, than it has been the last few years, but you make a change at uh, cornerbacks coach. You make a change at defensive line coach. You bring in a couple of new guys that are, are younger, right? Will Harris comes from the NFL, maybe five, six years of experience as a defensive backs coach. You bring Gerald Chapman in from Tulane. Who's a name that, that kind of came out of nowhere younger guy um again a lot of experience you know talked about well and definitely a pedigree and a guy that you think could get there one day but those are just questions that you know gator fans have and and ron roberts certainly brings a lot of maturity uh to the defensive side of the ball and now it's the opportunity to look at offense and I wouldn't necessarily say that the Gators are are going to be done uh, on offensive changes. We have some contracts running up at the end of January. You have some NFL coaching pedigrees where there might be a tap on the shoulder to say, hey, go check out the job boards in the NFL. So, Dan,
0: we, we talk about the Florida Gators football program right now, 5-7 and seven in 2023. Recruiting took a hit on signing day. This stuff with the staff changes. What positive is going on with Florida football? Because I, I, I feel like every time somebody talks about Florida lately – it feels like it's negative. What are the signs of hope for the future? Because there's got to be something, right? There's got to be some good going on right now that leads you to believe that things are going to get turned around and there are brighter days ahead.
2: Sure. Um, I, I think a couple of bright spots are certainly DJ Lagway, You know, the, the five-star quarterback, uh, kind of Probably, in my opinion, probably at least the top two quarterback in the country coming in. You get L.J. McRae, who's one of the best defensive linemen uh, recruits coming in. And and certainly Florida, which at one point was ranked three and four in the recruiting rankings, would have liked to finish there. Uh, Certainly didn't happen. The transfer portal, you've got Joey Chapman, or uh, Joey Slackman coming in uh, from the University of Pennsylvania, Ivy League defensive player of the year. You get Shamir D.K. from Wisconsin, who Graham Mertz, uh, was passing to for a, a number of years you get a couple guys in the portal you get pup howard unfortunately from south carolina <laughs> um you know to hopefully bolster that that team and then you add miles graham you add aaron charles it looks like some of the areas where florida had gaps they're starting to fill those gaps in a little bit you make a change at, at strength and conditioning coach defensive backs weren't very good Corey raymond maybe just didn't work out at florida so you make a change there. Defensive line didn't get enough push, didn't get enough sacks on the quarterback. You make a change there. So you look at it as hopeful optimism and and maybe cautious optimism that at least changes are being made, which weren't happening under Dan Mullen, didn't happen under Jim McElwain, and didn't happen under Will Muschamp. Now, then you start to look at and say, hey, do we have an issue at the top if we have to make all these changes finishing year two? But that's probably where the optimism lies. Certainly Graham Mertz is serviceable, if not one of the you know top half quarterbacks in the SEC. You get back you know some young talent on the team. So there's definitely some optimism. There's just there's not a ton of optimism, and I think that that's what what has Gator fans concerned because the SEC is obviously very, very challenging each and every year. Yeah, Dan,
0: you mentioned Graham Mertz, a guy. He's obviously returning for the 2024 season, and admittedly, I was someone that, uh, you know, we didn't know a lot about this guy, and I -hmm. think it was really popular to kind of trash Graham Mertz in the Florida Gators last offseason for whatever reason. I had him ranked 14th in my Mm -hmm. quarterback rankings going into 2023, and, you know, it's funny. It was actually Gator fans that sort of pushed me to release a Mm midseason quarterback grade, quarterback rankings, if you will, because – It was such an egregious miss, and we just released our way too early quarterback rankings, or excuse me, we actually released, sorry, I I missed that, our 2023 postseason quarterback rankings, and I had Graham Mertz top half of the league, had him ahead of Spencer Rattler, which of course sat really well with Gamecock fans, but uh, your thoughts on him leading this Florida offense, I I mean, I thought he was obviously a player that, you know, was one of the best storylines in the SEC, overachieved, I mean, do you see, though, do you see any sort of quarterback battle with him in Lagway, or do you think it's... Graham Mertz's team and Lagway, you hope to see him just kind of get groomed under Mertz and prepare for that starting role in 25.
2: I, I think, Chris, you were 100% right to to have a pessimistic view of, of Graham Mertz coming to Florida. Gator fans did too. You know, there'll be some people that that have some revisionist history about how they were the one hyping him up. But uh, Graham Mertz wasn't great at Wisconsin. He was a highly recruited guy. Um, I think he was the highest ranked Quarterback that Wisconsin had ever signed. And it just wasn't working there. Right. And then the head coach gets fired during his uh, third year at Wisconsin. And so he comes to Florida, and Billy Napier goes on his speaking tour and said that they evaluated 30 some odd quarterbacks, and Graham Mertz was the best option. A lot of people rolled their eyes, and because they had their eyes set on Pratt from Tulane and um, the guy from Coastal Carolina that's now at NC State, whose name I'm forgetting, but Graham Mertz did exceptional this year. Just under 3,000 yards, got injured in the, the second-to-last game of the year or else he would have thrown for 3,000 yards. 20 touchdowns, three interceptions. All three interceptions were tipped balls by the receiver or the tight end. So he did a, a good enough job, and I think another offseason will push him to be – if he can be just as good next year, I think that Florida's in a in a good spot. What they need to work on is his ability to move the ball in in chunk plays. Florida did a lot of screens, a lot of short outs. Uh, a lot of, pit- he had an 8.1 yards per average throw, right? So needs to see that improve a little bit. They've got some weapons. They've got some young talent. So they'll have to get a little bit better uh, with him being able to move the ball downfield. Um, I think DJ Lagwe, uh just like any highly ranked five star quarterback that doesn't have any other options behind Graham Mertz. I think he'll be able to come in. You know, there'll be a couple games where hopefully he'll be able to work in, you know, at least the second half. But I think there's a couple packages where DJ Lagway will come in. And it's just hard to keep a guy that talented. But DJ Lagway still does need some work. He's going to need a lot of work with Ryan O'Hara, who's the quarterback coach and Billy Napier. Uh, but I definitely see an opportunity for for DJ Lagway to play some. But I, I don't think that there's a quarterback battle uh in Florida uh next year.
1: Just go to Indeed.com slash wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
0: Dan, I ask you this, half joking, half serious. Who made Florida's 2024 schedule? Because... I mean, it is it is as brutal as you could ask. Eleven Power Five opponents. Your non conference team <clears> <throat> outside of Sanford, you've got Miami, Central mm-hmm. Florida, and Florida State. Then you've got the SEC gauntlet, which we're all familiar with. Mm-hmm. I mean, have you ever seen a schedule like this? I mean, this is crazy for a coach, especially in a program in Billy Napier and this Gators program that that's facing you know some adversity. I mean, it's it's it's
2: they do they do no favors for Florida yeah. going
0: into twenty twenty four.
2: I was just looking it up the other day or yesterday saw this that that Florida's opponent record was 106 and 50 this year right so that's obviously challenging and tough what what Gator faithful are hoping for is that a lot of those schools are making quarterback changes a lot of them did graduate a lot of talent Florida had amongst the youngest rosters in the SEC and in college football last year so hopefully You know, they keep talking, Billy Napier, Scott Strickland, who is the uh, athletic director mentioned, they've got to get a little bit older. So hopefully that's what Gator fans are hoping for that, that next year they can make that jump up. But man, I'll tell you what, that is a, a brutal schedule. We have another game with UCF on the calendar in a couple of years. We play Miami again uh, in a couple of years. We have Notre Dame on the schedule in a few years, Arizona state, Colorado's on the the schedule in the future as well. So there's a lot And Scott Strickland did this before the SEC added Texas and Oklahoma. Cause we had away games planned at, at both of those schools. So I get it. I know what you were trying to do. You want to get those premier games. You don't want to play Southeast Louisiana state every game, but Florida's schedule is very, very hard. And, it's Billy Napier doesn't have a long leash to not deliver a good team. Florida has three straight seasons under 500. So um, I, I I hate to say that it's going to be a fourth, but it'd be a fool of me to not at least throw around the opportunity that Florida might go under 500 again, not just because of the talent of the team, but because of the talent of the, the schedule that they have uh, ahead. So it could be another brutal year in Gainesville. Yeah, under five hundred. what is it, three
0: straight years for the first time? I mean, since definitely since before 70. Steve Spurrier. Since, yeah, yep. since
2: a very, very
0: long time, which, again, it's 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 weird. Honestly, it's weird to look at the state Florida football is in, and you see, like, you know, last year, the Vegas win total of five and a half. And you're like, this is the Florida Gators. Like, this right. makes no sense. So that leads me to this question, then. And I like Billy Napier. I met him last mm. year at STC Media Days. I think he's a really cool dude, was very yeah. kind to me. Um but you know as well as I do, man, it's 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 a it's a game about – it's a results-oriented business. Mm-hmm. And the leash is not long. Like you mentioned, there's not a lot of patience in Gainesville. And that's a program where I think you get three years to get it going. And if it ain't rolling in year three, your seat's going to be scorching. What's the win total Billy Napier has to hit this year? Because, I mean, again, even if you've got a, a really, really good team which struggle to go eight and four with that schedule – But on the flip side, I think Florida fans, I mean, the expectations are what they are. So, like, are Florida fans Is the administration, are they going to be patient, or is it one of those things where it's, you know what, damn the schedule, damn this, damn that, win now or you're out?
2: So the, the fan base and the administration, I think are, are different. I think the fan base has seen enough. I think that there's a lot of, there there's certainly a, a big contingent of fans that believe Billy Napier can turn it around. Uh, there's a very loud contingent that whatever decision he makes is the wrong decision. I think he's teetering, uh, of losing most, much of the fan base, the administration on the other hand, Scott Strickland, the athletic director, has already hired two coaches, uh, two football head coaches. You don't get a third. Um, At a school like Florida where football is king, even though I tell people all the time, Florida isn't historically a great football program. You have some of the 80s, you get put on probation, then you have Steve Spurrier, Ron Zook, Urban Meyer, and then a couple of good years over the next 12, right? But other than that, Florida wasn't very good before that, However, um, Scott Strickland, the athletic director, you don't normally get the chance to hire three coaches. You can't fire two, hire a third, and everything's just fine and, and keep on keep it on. Now, the Gator fan base that's upset with Billy Napier is probably even more upset with Scott Strickland just because basketball hasn't been as good as it was. Mike White probably hung around a little too long. Basketball program looks pretty good this year. But their revenue-generating sports have been struggling. So um, I think Billy Napier is going to be safe because Scott Strickland wants him to keep his – I think Scott Strickland wants to keep his job. The only way to do that is to throw his uh, undying support behind Billy Napier because I think that if it doesn't work out with Billy Napier, Scott Strickland's first to go, uh, and then Billy Napier might be after that. So that's the order of operations I think happens. So do you think any record then – because,
0: I mean, that's going to be the talk, right, all offseason. That's all we're going to hear is – What's the minimum expectation? You know, seed is score. Is there a hotter seat in the SEC? Do you see any way? I mean, if they miss a bowl game, like, do you, do you think it's possible? I, I, obviously, there's going to be a chain reaction, but I mm. mean, or is it one of those things where Gator fans need to get comfortable and, and really buy in and dig in their heels with this thing?
2: Well, they're not going to get comfortable and they're not going to dig in their heels for uh, for three straight losing year, seasons, right? No matter how hard the schedule is, that that's what you sign up for in the SEC and you have to be able to recruit. And this is, a, uh, as my buddy Paul says, it's a talent acquisition and retention business. And if you've not done a good job of retaining the talent that you need and acquiring the talent that you need to win – then you're not going to be successful with this schedule or even the Alabama schedule or some of the other schedules that are in the SEC this year. Um, I don't know if there's a win total. He has to make a bowl game uh, or else the fan base is completely gone. He you have to see drastic improvement across all phases of the game. And you saw some marginal improvement, even though the record was just as bad this year as it was the year before. You saw some improvement by the young guy Eugene Wilson, a couple other players, but your biggest issues are the offensive line and the defensive line. You just saw it with Michigan and the, and uh, the national championship. You have to win the line of scrimmage right now. Florida's not winning either. And that could be uh, the silver bullet for Billy Napier. So we'll see. Still have time in the transfer portal. I'll have another one. Um, but uh, optimism is not sky high right now. And I say that as a noted sunshine pumper.
0: <laughs> Dan, final thing before we get you out of here, you mentioned Gators men's basketball. They got a big one tonight. Uh, against Ole Miss your your thoughts on this year's team obviously we're very very early in SEC play Florida drops their opener hard-fought game against the Kentucky Wildcats which there's no shame in you know losing to one of the best teams in college basketball which is Kentucky Uh, but thoughts on what Florida might be this year and again where's the optimism level for the Gators on the hardwood
2: Yeah, uh, you know this team is made up of almost all transfers. They've got uh, a couple of recruits that they have. Uh, Alex Condon is is doing very, very well. He came over from Australia. You have a couple of good players on this team. They're a they have an identity. They just have to be able to stay consistent. Uh, they're at least going to that Kentucky game. They're the number one offensive re- or number one rebounding team, pardon me, uh, in the country. So keep that up. They've got a lot of talent. I think that this team's going to make the dance right now. I think if you look at the bracket uh, reports, you know, because Florida's without that big quad one win, uh, they're the first team out. Uh, but I think, you know, going through this SEC schedule, the way that they played uh, against Kentucky, if they can keep doing that, keep getting a little bit better, if Riley Kugel can get back into his uh, stride a little bit more like he did against Kentucky, I think Florida will be fine. I think they'll make the dance. Um, Todd Golden has, you know, won the fan base over so far this year. I think they're 10 and four right now. So uh, he keeps going. I You know, I think Florida's future is bright, but they have built through the transfer portal. So they'll probably have to do this again next year.
0: Dan Thompson, Stadium and Gale. Again, one of the best in the business when it comes to talking
2: Florida Gators. Dan, let folks know where they can check out your work. Absolutely. You can follow us on social media. It's Stadium and Gale, uh, G A L E, so Stadium and Gale. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at DK Thompson. And thanks so much, man. I appreciate it.
0: Yeah, let's do it again soon, Dan. I appreciate you. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Chris.